slept in the back of my Toyota Camry, which I did not fit in the slightest. Um, I had a sleeping bag and I was just using like, you know, the bloody armrest thing. I was using that as a pillow because yeah, well. I didn't get pillows. Um, thankfully, I was playing gridiron at the time and I used some of their facilities for like showers and stuff like that. Um, I also had a membership to, sorry, I had my mum's gym tag, I think it was, a membership for Anytime Fitness. Um, so I would just sort of use any of those anytimes to be like, man, I got to go to the bathroom or I got to do whatever. Mm. So I was driving around the Mornington Peninsula for about a month, about a month and a half, sleeping in the back of my Camry, looking for any sort of work, doing whatever. I asked my brother if I could move in with him. Um, and he was newly married as well. So I did it like sort of haphazardly and he was like, yeah, nah, it makes this pretty uncomfortable. So I was like, yep, fair enough. Um, told my mum I was sleeping at a friend's house, told my dad I was sleeping at a friend's house, told my friend I was sleeping at another friend's house and just told this web of lies that, hey, I've got somewhere to sleep tonight. But I was in the back of my Camry the whole time. So month and a half, nothing too drastic, but essentially was homeless for a month and a half trying to figure out how am I going to pay for petrol because that was essentially my like live, live in RV. Uh, how can I pay for petrol? But then not only that, how can I pay for food? Or how can I go to friends' houses, get their food, and then go on and do whatever it is that I need to do? Um, thankfully, one of my best friends at the time and his family, um, they took me in for about a week or two. And while I was looking for work, this was at the end of the month and a half, it was actually my, it was, it was my 20th birthday. Um, 20th, 21st, I have no idea. You block this shit out of your head yeah. but it was i actually spent my birthday with them and they were my family for that birthday because nobody else wanted me welcome dear friend to another episode of in conversation on the couple of lattes podcast today is monday and today's guest is travis morals uh, if you enjoy the podcast, make sure you share it, make sure you like it, make sure you've subscribed and be sure to leave a rating and review if you're using Apple Podcasts. Each and every one really helps me get the show out to more people. Thank you so much for listening in and I hope this incredible conversation gives you as much value as it did to me. Travis is an incredible human and as you find out, he has so, so, so much to offer. Well, welcome to another episode of Couple of Lattes. Uh, super pumped to have another guest on the show today. Today's guest is Travis Murrells. Let me know if I said that last name right, bro. Uh, we kind of talked about that just before uh, we started recording. Um, but before, I guess, I let you introduce yourself, what it is you do, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, uh, I might just do a bit of a shout out to, and he's going to love this, Tim Spears. Uh, because I guess Tim Spears is kind of like our intro. And I don't know if you listened to the podcast I did with Tim, but I did a bit of a Hollywood play on his name, which uh, apparently you'd never heard before. But I don't know. I feel like Spears just feels <laughs> like a Hollywood name. Feels like a James Bond-esque type of last name. <laughs> He's going to love that. <laughs> anyway, bro, why don't you... Uh, I mean, we've heard your voice now, but maybe for anyone listening in, why don't you introduce yourself? Maybe you can say your last name a little bit better than what I did. Uh, what it is you do... And then once we've done that little intro, maybe we'll kick into your journey because I haven't heard it yet, but it sounds like uh, a 
pretty interesting one and something that's obviously led you to a pretty good place now, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So last name, you nailed it. It's Marles. So uh, to anybody out there, I'm Travis Marles. I'm the owner of, or founder, I should say, owner, founder, head coach, whatever you want to say for the title of the Fitness Genie. Um, I'm an online health coach and I help people right across Australia, soon to be internationally, achieve the body, but more importantly, the lifestyle of their dreams. People showing up confidently, having the mindset that they want, having the lifestyle that they want, waking up, no stress in your chest, um, just really showing up how to kill it at life. Um, obviously, weight loss is going to be a big part of that, looking after your physical health and then tying everything into the mental health, uh, where I sort of separate myself from, well, I'd like to think that I separate myself from most other coaches out there. Um, I take the sustainable approach. So if someone comes on board and they tell me they want to lose 10 kilos in 90 days, 100%, I'll help them get there. But if I think that the 10 kilos in the 90 days is going to come at the detriment of their mental health, such as when a lot of people go into diets um, or major calorie deficits, like you've probably heard people going on to like 1,200 calories for X amount of time and then they just feel like shit. Mm. Um, I'm the complete opposite. I would rather take care of someone's mental health, their sleep, their confidence, their energy, take care of all that stuff because when you're taking care of your mental health, the body is just going to follow suit. So everything else that we want physically or everything that we want in the external world is first going to start with our internal world and our thoughts, habits, behaviors, all that sort of stuff. Mm. So in a rather big nutshell, that's me. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that's essentially just what I do. Yeah, well, wow. do, do, do you kind of find that you're moving more into the kind of headspace as opposed to, I guess, the physical coaching that, because I, I think from our last chat, you kind of started out as a PT, right? So it's more so the physical side of, you know, getting people looking strong, getting people looking healthy. Do you find that more and more you're moving towards this I guess what we were talking about when we last chatted was this kind of unraveling of the onion, right? Where you're really hitting the core and figuring out exactly what it is people want first and then allowing the external to kind of flourish because you've addressed what it is that's really desired inside that person's head. Do you find that's kind of the, tra the trajectory that you're moving? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, hundred percent. So starting off as a personal trainer, it's all about, well, I suppose you get told that, as long as you help people lose weight, that's what matters. Um, end of the day, hitting a number on a scale isn't really going to do anything. Um, it doesn't make people happy. It doesn't let people have confidence in themselves because nobody's going to look at me and go, oh, sweet. Hey, here comes Trav at 83 kilos. They're not going to be like, oh, here comes Trav at 75 kilos. Like, it doesn't change your identity. It doesn't change who you are or your personality or anything like that. So when that clicked for me with a lot of my clients, like, yeah, they were seeing results. They were doing all this, but I'd just be asking them like, how are you? Are you happy? Are you doing this? Are you doing that? And ooh, excuse me. Um, just so many doubts in everybody's mind. And they're like, when I get under hundred kilos, I'll be happy. It's like, cool. I got you under hundred. What now? It's like, okay, well, when I hit 90, now I'll be, now I'll be happy. Mm. And we're just, it sounds corny, mainly because it's a movie as well, but we're always in the pursuit of happiness. 
Yeah. So if there's always something that's out there, like the carrot and the stick, if we're always reaching for the carrot, we're never going to get it. But if we can at least enjoy the experience while we have the opportunity to enjoy it, that quickly changed my entire business. And I went from just personal training, working like 14, 15 hour days in the gym, being booked out and burnt out. And I actually lost my business twice because of I was burnt out. And I just took a slower approach to it. Just wanted everyone to be happy because it mm. didn't really matter how much you bench or how much you squat or how fat your ass is or anything like that. It was more about how you're waking up every morning. So I scrapped when I came into this and founded the fitness gym. I scrapped all my clients. I got rid of all of them except for the ones that I 100% loved. I kept them on board. But everyone else, I was like, all right, I'm not working afternoons anymore. I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this. Here's my hours and I'm going to take care of me. Mm. And the funny thing is when I slowed down and started taking care of myself and I started showing up more for my clients, they got better results because I was showing up and I had more time for myself focusing on the mental health side of things. Mm. So when I started taking care of myself, that inevitably gave me permission to look after other people a lot more than what I was and stretching myself out and only being half present. So that switch behind you have to be physically, aesthetically pleasing in order to be happy, it's, it's not the case at all. Mm. So it when I made that switch for my clients, it was, yeah, exactly. So as soon as I made that switch, my clients got better results. I started getting more clients. I started getting booked out and everything just exploded. And I think I mentioned it on our earlier chats. It was the past two and a half years that I've actually had the fitness genie. It's doubled or actually tripled in the first year and then doubled the second year. And now I'm in the, that 0.5 of the second year going into the third one. And it looks like it's going to double again. Mm. And people are really responding to the habits, behaviors, the lifestyle behind whatever they want physically. So, mm. yeah. Well, I guess, first of all, Travis, well done. Like that's exceptional uh, what you've accomplished and what you're continuing to accomplish. So I want to acknowledge you for that. But I guess for anyone listening in and, you know, like I can imagine some people might have the mindset right now where they're thinking, oh, well, great. Like, you know, he's kind of a over a year success. Like there's not really that much work that went into this. Like he's just struck a lucky chord and now he's got this amazing business and he's doing really well and good for him, but that could never happen for me. So I guess let's give people a little bit of perspective and we've gone a little bit into your journey, but let's dive as far back as you want to go. And by all means, share only what you're comfortable sharing, but maybe let's give people a little bit of perspective with your journey, where you started, how you ended up in maybe a suffering state. And I guess what brought you out of that and led you to where you are now. Easy. So I started out, how old am I? 26. I'm 26 now. Jesus. <laughs> Keep forgetting how I legit was about to say 24. Yeah, um, wow. So I'm 26 now. I started in the industry at uh, 20. So I started in the industry at 20. Um, the first business I had uh, went sort of well. I was making around like 700 bucks a week doing those crazy hours, like 6 a.m. to about 8 p.m. at night and I was only making about 700 because my clients were so scattered with their 
calendars availabilities and I just thought, you know, have to be there. This is what this is what it's all about, that hustle grind mentality that everyone's talking about. Mm. Um, hit a point where I just walked into the manager's office one day of the gym I was working at, um, just sort of blew up. And I just walked into the manager's office and I was just like, I can't fucking do this anymore. I'm out. And she was like, oh, what do you, what do you mean? What are you talking about? Well, I can't do this. I'm tired of waking up early. I'm tired of going to bed late. I've got no time for my partner. Ba-da-da. And then that just sparked a massive depression for me. And I've battled with anxiety and manic depression my, I suppose, from like seven, 17-ish. Mm-hmm. Um, don't know exactly when it started, as is the case with most of these things. But from about 17, I sort of noticed that it was happening. And then in my early 20s is when it got really bad. Uh, so that happened, blew up my first business. And I was like, can't do it. After about four months of sitting in bed, doing nothing. Uh, the first step I was like, right, I'm fucking miserable. I can't, I can't be miserable anymore. I just hate it. So I went out and cut down a tree, like not full, like old school style, just <laughs> rip it out of the ground, but like took a few branches here and there. And I was like, sweet, I've done that. I'm out. Went back to bed that day, slept about probably 12 hours, woke up the next day and just got myself in a routine of, right, today I'm going to achieve something. And that's just what I did until eventually it was like, right, I'm going to achieve two things. I'm going to try and do this and this. And then I just sort of snowballed that into, well, maybe I should go get a job. Um, Actually, no, before that, I was like, I'll go back to personal training. Went back to personal training, messaged my clients after a massive, you know, Personal, all personal training sessions have been cancelled, effective immediately. Um, any refunds will be deposited back to people, which left me with like $97 in my account after handing out refunds because mm. um, people pay in advance and stuff. Um, so after doing uh, that and essentially messaging my clients that all sessions were cancelled, uh, messaged them back after about probably five months and got about four responses. Um, and the thing that struck me the most from that was when I messaged everybody to say, Hey, I'm canceling, I'm out, business is not continuing. I had one person that asked me, are you okay? The rest were like, Hey, what's going on with my refund? Do I get my money back? Da, 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 da. And, you know, from their point of view, fair enough, it just sounds like I've quit. But one person out of, I think like 16 clients that I had asked me, are you okay? Are you coming back? Let me know if you need to talk. That's the bit that sticks in my head from discontinuing, starting up again. And then eventually on that second time, I was making like five, 600 bucks a week. And I was just like, this is shit. If I want to start a family, if I want to start doing this, and I've still got my partner that I had back then as well. I was like, if I want to give her the life that she has given me, then I need to step it up. I need to do something different. And I was like, sweet. I'll just make the practical decision of getting a job, typical nine to five. And I did that tried real estate, tried maintenance, tried industrial real estate, tried pizza making, tried everything you could think of that had an hourly rate associated with it. Hated all of them. Hated being there at a certain time. If I didn't want to do something, then it was just like, oh, you got to do it anyway. And I know that's that sounds very millennial being entitled. But at the end of the day, it just wasn't it wasn't for me. And I just knew something was like the only time I could actually look back on my life and say, hey, I was happy was first off when I was in primary school. But then secondly, 
when I was a personal trainer, as miserable as I was, I loved working for myself and the connections that I made with people and talking to them. Probably didn't have the best clients considering one asked me, are you okay with everything that happened? So I essentially just went after um, anybody that was like her, anybody that was just deep down, just a good person. And I went after that. I was like, I only want to work with you if you're not going to make me mentally burn out. Mm. So I started chasing those clients and I got that. And then uh, when I was doing an interview for the Fitness Genie, this was about two years ago, probably six months after I just started, I was doing an interview with a videographer. And he was like, how did you get to where you are today? And essentially, long story short, um, I got kicked out of my house at uh, 18. How old was I? Round about 18. Um, Round about 18, I got kicked out of my house. It might be wrong. It might be 20 because I've got no idea on the timeline. But let's (laughs) just say (laughs) 18, I think it was. Um, I got, no, it was 20. I apologize. It was 20 because I got back from a holiday and then went into pizza making and then that was awful. And then this happened. And and then I got kicked out of my mum's house, her partner, now my stepdad, I suppose always was my stepdad, um, kicked me out of the house. So then I was like, right, well, got home from work one day, uh, pizza making, this was like nine o'clock at night, and all my shit was just in the driveway. And I was like, okay, well, it's serious then. I'll, you know, get my PlayStation, get my stuff later. And I was like, he'll cool off. And then after about three days, I was like, man, this is pretty serious. So I slept in the back of my, Toyota Camry, which I did not fit in the slightest. Um, I had a sleeping bag and I was just using like, you know, the bloody armrest thing. I was using that as a pillow because I didn't get pillows. Um, Thankfully, I was playing gridiron at the time and I used some of their facilities for like showers and stuff like that. Um, I also had a membership to, sorry, I had my mum's gym tag, I think it was, a membership for Anytime Fitness. Um, so I would just sort of use any of those any times to be like, man, I've got to go to the bathroom or I've got to do whatever. Mm. So I was driving around the Mornington Peninsula for about a month, about a month and a half, sleeping in the back of my Camry, looking for any sort of work, doing whatever. I asked my brother if I could move in with him. Um, and he was newly married as well. So I did it like sort of haphazardly and he was like, yeah, no, nah, it makes this pretty uncomfortable. So I was like, yep, fair enough. Um, told my mum I was sleeping at a friend's house, told my dad I was sleeping at a friend's house, told my friend I was sleeping at another friend's house and just told this web of lies that, hey, I've got somewhere to sleep tonight. But I was in the back of my Camry the whole time. So month and a half, nothing too drastic, but essentially was homeless for a month and a half trying to figure out how am I going to pay for petrol because that was essentially my like live, live in RV. Um, how can I pay for petrol? But then not only that, how can I pay for food? Or how can I go to friends' houses, get their food, and then go on and do whatever it is that I need to do? Um, thankfully, one of my best friends at the time and his family, um, they took me in for about a week or two. And while I was looking for work, this was at the end of the month and a half, it was actually my, it was, it was my 20th birthday. Um, 20th, 21st, I have no idea you block this shit out of your head but it was I actually spent my birthday with them and they were my family for 
that birthday because nobody else wanted me. So from that point, it was like, okay, I messaged my dad who was down in one faggy, which is for people listening, probably got no idea. So about probably an hour and a half away from me, um, an hour and a half from the Mornington Peninsula. And I was like, right, well, I'm just going to go have to go down there and work or do whatever. Um, eventually found some work as like a receptionist and that's where I sort of got my communication skills and started doing this and that and whatever. And that was, that was all prior to what I just said about the getting back into personal training. Mm. So essentially went from, I suppose in the past five years, I've gone from homeless to mental burnout to antidepressants anxiety can't hold a conversation I would get a job and lose a job because of like crippling anxiety or um trying to talk to people or showing up to that job I was fucking crying in my car for like half an hour before the session I couldn't even go to the gym my first gym session it's a pretty fun session oh sorry it's a fun chat like my first gym session I ever did after coming back from this like mental health relapse or whatever the hell we're going to call it it was 57 seconds long because yeah. I remember I was crying in the car for about half an hour before I went up the stairs. Oddly enough, it's the gym that I'm working at now. This is that gym session. Mm. It was about six years ago. So I went into that gym six years ago and I was like, right, well, if I can just get into this gym, I'll be happy. Went in there, had a panic attack, came out, cried for another half hour. And that was my first gym session back into it all. And that was three years ago, sorry, not six. And then I just kept going, kept going, put myself in a routine because I know what rock bottom feels like. I know what it's like to fail two suicide attempts and plan it all out and be like, right, this is it. On this day, this is going to happen and the pain's just going to be gone. And that was that would be it. And every time something would get in the way of the plan, and I'd be like, fuck, all right, well, I've got to go take care of this, go do all whatever it is. And then eventually after being in that routine of just wake up, go to the gym, do this. And then by that time, it's about 2 p.m. Hopefully if I physically exert myself enough, I will be completely wrecked to the point where I won't have energy in my system to kill myself. That was my thought process. So now coming from that background and people show up, they go, hey, I want to lose weight. I go, why? You find where you are. If you're unhealthy, that's different. If you're losing weight because you think it's going to make you happy, I can guarantee you that it won't. Because I went from manically depressed, still am today, but I deal with it better. I learned to have the conversations in my head with the person. Mm. And being 100 kilos, being 98 kilos, it's a number on a scale. It's going to do fuck all. It doesn't change how you wake up. So I went from all of that rock bottom to completely turning it around, having a routine and now being like, it still sounds crazy to me, coaching clients right across Australia, a six figure coach. And all I did was just have a routine. I just had a bit of a structure. I had a bit of a, well, I know how shit it feels to be where I am. How do I change that? And that was all that I did. And that's all that I do for my clients. It sounds like, oh, is that all you do? but there's always a root cause. And I saw so many psychologists and psychiatrists and different medications and like, Hey, try doing this, do this. I had personal trainers. I've still got coaches myself. So when I changed the mentality of, you know, 
how can I make the most money possible? Or how can I just wake up and be happy? Or how can I wake up and not want to die today? I change that mentality into how can I just be happy? How can I enjoy today? And it was years in the making. But eventually I just hit that point where I wake up now and I'm just ready to take on the day. There's still some days where, you know, you wake up, I'm sure you know as well, you just wake up, you're like, man, I cannot be fucked. But then you almost immediately switch your mindset and it's like, sweet, I'm actually ready for the day. Mm. And it's not until you've had that conversation with yourself of, I, this, was, this is for me, and it might be triggering for a lot of people. I had the conversation with myself of, I fucking hate myself right now. How do I not be that? How do I change my anxiety to a best case scenario? And my psychologist actually taught me that in terms of everybody is negatively geared with their anxiety to worst case scenario. And he said, what if you use that anxiety to your advantage and switch it into best case scenario? You're never going to know. You're never going to play out the future because we can't. We can only be in this moment and make a decision in this moment in hopes that it fixes the future. And if it doesn't, then guess what? You're still in the moment. So that question, as soon as I would be presented with something inconvenient or whatever it was, it just showed me fear. I would be like, okay, well, what if it does work out? What if I get booked out with clients? What if I go in there and make an ask myself? It's like, oh, it doesn't really matter. What if you go in there and you actually get the job? What if you, and then it just started playing over and over and over until eventually it just snowballed. And I've been asking myself that question for about three years. And now it's the question of how can I make half a million dollars in a year? That's now the question that I'm asking myself, as opposed to three years ago, how can I not die today? Mm. So the complete mental shift, it just takes time. It takes patience. And for me, there was just this innate self-belief of I know I'm not a nine-to-five worker despite what everybody including family and friends and people that really matter to me despite what they told me just go get a job get some money get a house find a girl go live your life that sounded fucking awful it sounded exhausting Mm -hmm. I was like why can't I just work for myself do what I want and get paid for it and Back then, I know they're saying it because they care about me, because as does everybody when they give you advice, but you can't take advice from people that haven't done the things that you want to be doing in life. Mm. Once that clicked, I essentially just told every single person, this is what I'm doing, support me or not. And I got probably 90% of the people were just like, you're fucking crazy. Don't do it. Don't worry about it. You're not going to be successful. Go get a normal job. But the 10% of people that did support me well, now they're my biggest fans. And the people that didn't support me were always like, oh, I always knew you could do it, Trav. Like, fuck off, you did. I had no idea. Mm. But now it's just like, hi, thanks for your opinion. I'm going to go do what I want to do anyway. And I'm as happy as ever with that. Because yeah. now I have what they told me to go get in three months instead of 12 months. So it is, it's short-lived in terms of it's only been three years but at the same time i feel like i have an unnatural advantage on people and like 
quote unquote normal people because I've been to rock bottom, because I've planned my death before, because I've done all this shit before. Mm. I feel like I have an advantage over people when they complain about something. I go, are you serious? Like, you're really going to complain about that? And there's so many other worse things that could have happened to you or the people that just complain about sleeping because they want to sleep in. They don't want to go do whatever it is that's going to better their life or they don't want to track some calories because it feels obsessive or they're not doing this or whatever. There are other excuses you can come up with. Mm. At the end of the day, you have to put yourself in the position to be successful or you're never going to be. And I'm going to paraphrase it because I'm terrible at quotes. There's a quote from Seneca who is a philosopher of, so you want to live, but tell me, do you know how to live? And the life that you're living now, is it any different than being dead? And that, when I heard it for the first time, I was just like, oh, I was like, that's it. That's what I'm going to be doing. If I'm going to live just to exist, there's no point in just existing because I'm not doing anything except being moderately happy. If I'm moderately happy, then that means by sort of like by law or whatever the fuck we're going to call it, that means that I'm also moderately unhappy because I'm not 100% happy. We all have days where we you know, have terrible days or sad or whatever. But if 90% of the time I'm pretty damn happy in who I am, who my clients are, what my business is, what I'm doing, the results I get for my clients and just how I wake up every single morning and who I am as a partner and everything that I am internally and externally, fuck, that sounds better than complaining about not tracking some goddamn calories. Mm. So for me, it was just every single day, live in the moment, do shit that makes you happy. Eventually the physicals will pay off. So it's not the weight loss on the scale that is going to make anybody happy out there. It's how you're living, how you're sleeping, how do you wake up? That's the shit that sort of drove me to where I am today. And it still sounds crazy to be like, how the fuck can a personal trainer make like $100,000 a year more, 200000 300000 And I was like, oh, I don't fucking know. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm doing it. <laughs> it's crazy. Well, wow, bro. Travis, first of all, what a powerful story. And thank you so much for sharing it. Um, I know from personal experience as well, I'm sure you've shared the story probably many times now, but the first couple of times you share it, it's, uh, it's terrifying, but also exhilarating at the same time to remove that kind of burden from your shoulders. Uh, so yeah, I, I want to acknowledge you and thank you for sharing that. And hopefully for people listening now, you know, from that kind of starting spiel that we, we kind of had to now you can get a bit of perspective and understand that, you know what, like, regardless of what your rock bottom is and, and your rock bottom might be totally different to Travis's or, or to mine or to anyone else's out there. But, you know, these things take time. And like you said, it went from a 57 second workout, which resulted in you crying in the back or the front of your car. I'm not too sure which one it was to where you are now, which is making multiple hundreds of thousands of dollars a year doing exactly what you love and empowering people to do exactly what they love as well. And, you know, with that, their externalities are just a byproduct of doing what it is that their nature intended them to do, right? Like living, I guess, purposefully. Um, 100%. And I guess a couple of things I kind of jotted down that I, I took out of that was, I mean, there was, there was also a couple of lifelines in there. It sounds like you mentioned, you know, a lot of people, and I think people can take this away from this chat 
amongst other things is a simple question like are you okay <laughs> like could really change a person's life you know and a simple lifeline like your best friend gave you said hey you can stay with us bro imagine if that hadn't happened you know like where would you be now maybe some of those attempts you had on your own life might have resulted in I mean, it's terrible. It is a success of that attempt, but it's not a very successful outcome for for anyone involved or anyone close to you. But, you know, like that's a really important thing to take away is like if someone is acting differently or acting strange, like it really isn't that hard to be kind. Like it really isn't that hard to be kind. Like just take a moment, take a breath and be like, all right, is this material result that I'm wanting because this person doesn't want to train me anymore worth me being an absolute a-hole? Like, why don't I just like ask like, hey, bro, you okay? Like, it's not that hard, you know? So I think people can take that away. And I guess another thing that I really took away from that is one, this idea of like, take it slow, one step, one foot in front of the other and just build and build and build. Because in three years, like we said before, you went from 57 seconds in the gym and being totally down in the dumps to where you are now, which is exceptional. But then the other one is this idea of externalities, right? And I think weight loss and how we look physically is just another material thing that we have in the world, right? Like it's an external thing, it's how others perceive us. And unfortunately, this is kind of a byproduct of, I guess, capitalism, but more generally human nature, where we just, we feel like we need to have things because we need to almost prove our worth to other people instead of proving our worth to ourselves first. And the funny thing is, the more you chase those externalities, the further away you get from what it is you truly want to do inside, like what internally drives you, you know, and you like, regardless of whether you're in your situation where you're completely homeless and down in the dumps versus someone who's got millions and millions of dollars, but they're one of the most depressed people on the planet. It's the same kind of thing, right? We're chasing the stuff outside instead of asking ourselves the question, like you say, you know, like these really important questions. And one is like, why do I want to do this? Like, what is it that I actually want? Like, who is it I actually want to be? Why can't I just be that today? Because guess what? Tomorrow, you might get hit by a freaking bus. <laughs> like, <laughs> that stuff happens, yeah. you know? So yeah, yeah, there's no guarantees in any of it. Powerful. Pleasure. It's taken a little bit of rehearsal to try and fit it all in, particularly with the timeline. I'm like, I have fucking no idea when any of this happened. I know it was in my early 20s, but you know when you go through that shit you don't really take note of like hey today's october 23rd interesting take note of that it's just like hey when i was younger this happened mm. so yeah it's taken a it's taken about probably three years of telling that story to psychologists and clients and friends and the videographer that actually made me break down when i actually like why am i doing this mm. um but i also thank him for that because that was the question that helped me reshape everything into the fitness genie Mm. um and the response from it was just bonkers like as soon as you open up and become vulnerable people become relatable Mm. so me sharing my vulnerability made people relate to me and then say how can you be my coach like from a pure business standpoint that's awesome but then also from as you said like human nature standpoint people want to fit in people like that's that's what I feel drives us in terms of if I relate it back to clients and when they come on and everything that they want nine times out of 10, because about 98% of my clients are female nine times out of 10, someone will show me an Instagram photo of someone else and say, I want to look like this. 
Mm. And I go, why? They're like, oh, okay. So I'm like, oh, sweet. Well, first thing we'll do is we'll lengthen your femurs. Uh, we'll replace your kneecaps. You know, we'll, get your <laughs> um, we'll change your bone structure entirely. We can't do that. First off, it's Instagram. It was made for photographers with filters and everything like that. But then secondly, I know for a fact working in the fitness industry that people will go through phases of bulking, shredding, bulking, shredding, take a photo shoot with a million photos at the end of the year in a tropical climate and go on holiday or whatever, and then save those thousand photos for the year of their social media calendar. So we're trying to achieve something that that person doesn't even look like and it's unattainable. Mm. So a lot of the time when uh, particularly females sign up with me, I go just unfollow any like hashtag body goals or anything like that. Unfollow it all that's demotivating as fuck because you could see 10 kilos weight loss in 10 days, unhealthy as all fuck, by the way, complete hypothetical. You could lose 10 kilos in 10 days and have the body composition of your dreams. You're still not going to look like it. Mm. But then guess what? She's never going to look like you. Mm. And you can take that in a positive or a negative way. But at the end of the day, you're you. You are your individuality. As soon as I stopped becoming quote unquote professional with my life and my business and started showing up as Travis instead of high on the head coach, then I started swearing a lot more, which for me was awesome because it meant that I was a lot more passionate in my speaking. It meant that I was speaking the truth. It meant that I was confident in who I was. And if someone didn't like it of how I showed up and what I was presenting to them, well, then they just disqualified themselves from working with me, not the other way around. I don't want all these clients in the world. You know, I'm not looking to train 600 people a year. I'm looking to train maybe 100 in a year because that's all I need. That's as much as I want. I'm not out here to make millions of dollars. I'm just here to be as happy as possible, set myself up for the future so I can have time with my future kids. So if that happens to just coincidentally come into millions of dollars, fantastic. <laughs> as long as I'm happy making it, that's what I'm going to be doing. Mm-hmm. But everybody wants to try and fit in. So when people show me a photo of someone that's not them, I say, you being born to stand out is a blessing. It's not a curse. It's not for the fact like, oh my God, I don't fit in. I can't go out and hang out with my friends because they're all, the quote that a lot of people give me, they're all fit, healthy, and don't have to work at their body. You would be surprised how many people say that about their friend groups because they're the, like the quote unquote, they're the fat one in the group or they're the overweight one in the group. And they go, oh, I hate my friends because they can just eat whatever they want and they don't put on weight. I go, have you actually asked your friend what they do for their fitness routine? And like, oh, nah. But I know that like from when we were growing up and I'm like, okay, go ask them. 100% of the time they come back and they say this person works out Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, tracks calories <laughs> Monday through Saturday. They get a high protein and they have a coach. Mm. Then all of a sudden it's not, oh my God, genetics then it's okay. They work fucking hard for their body. Of course, they're allowed to celebrate it. So yeah, it's just, it's a game of trying to fit in. Yeah. I think, I think a good way to look at it, actually, I just thought of this before Travis is we tend to fit out rather than fit in. And what I mean by that is we tend to match ourselves to what's outside of us rather than actually figuring out what's inside of us. Like, and that's important. That's the important thing of asking those questions. Like, instead of being like, 
I want to look like this person or all of my friends are skinny. How do I get like that? It's like, all right, like, what the hell do I want to be? Like, what is it I want out of life? Like, how do I want to feel? Like, that's an important question mm-hmm. to ask. But anyway, bro, I, I kind of wanted to gravitate a little bit to, let's, I'm going to change the, the direction a little bit and kind of align it more with some of the practical stuff that you do with your clients. So I guess the first question I want to ask to kind of go that direction is, why do people, like, th- this one always kind of, troubles me like why do people allow themselves to become overweight or to to become unhealthy or to become um i guess unhappy with the person they are like what is some of the biggest reasons that you encounter like what's the why behind people going down this path of essentially like allowing their own suffering really is what they're doing yeah the most common is that they don't know that it's happening Mm. because whether it's one second of happiness, whether it's 10 minutes of happiness, your brain will just take a snapshot of when you're happy. And when we eat, that releases like hormones and everything into the bloodstream and to your brain. And it gives you feelings of being elated, being happy. So particularly when we're young, like children or your environment or your family or whatever, A lot of the time, people don't know that they're causing themselves this amount of harm because there's not enough nutritional information in schools to be like, hey, all this food is bad. Here's what it does in five years time, 10 years time, whatever. So when people uh, go through any sort of like trauma, however that wants to be stated, they do the first thing that's easily accessible and inexpensive, yet makes them happy. It's going to be food. Mm. So a lot of the time when people just go, like if I were to ask you right now, the you just got a promotion, you just got a pay rise, or to go completely opposite of that, you just got fired, now you're homeless. One of the first things that is going to go through your head, probably not being homeless because that's a bit extreme, but the first thing that goes through your head, whether you're on either end of the spectrum of being happy or being sad, the first thing is that either it's just going to surround food but the difference is that if you're celebrating you're going out to celebrate and when you're upset you're eating to feel happy yeah right. so either way food is going to be a part of it which is why i think we need to well, know we need to be educating younger people on just like core principles of nutrition and what it does to your body because i got out of year 12 i had the metabolism well i had the metabolism of a goddamn racehorse mm. I could eat anything and nothing would happen. But then eventually, as I started slowing down, you know, you don't run around schoolyards with your friends anymore or basketball at lunchtime or being as physically active. Your metabolism just starts slowing down until eventually what you've been doing your entire life has caught up to you 10 years from now and you go, shit, I'm 120 kilos. I didn't realize I was this unhappy. Mm. So a lot of the time when people, quote unquote, cause their own suffering, it's not out of them intentionally doing it. It's usually them just repeating a pattern that they've been doing their entire lives and being oblivious to it because they've just associated in their brain, I'm sad, I need to be happy, food, okay, I'm fixed. And then they just repeat that over and over and over again. And a lot of the time people will make a decision based out of practicality instead of love. So the practical thing to do, go to school, get a job, get a house, 
That's about it. That's being practical. And in that moment, very rarely do we actually analyze what's going on in our lives because we're so focused on finishing school. We've had structure our entire first 18 years of our lives, complete structure. You go to this building and you learn this at this time on this certain day. Then we get out of school at about 18 or unless you're a tradie or whatever, but either way, life has structure to it. And we eat at this time, we do this. But for the first 18 years of our lives, more than likely, our parents were taking care of our nutrition, packing school lunches or doing this, or here's some money, go to the canteen. So it's not so much on the person that's caused their suffering. It's more about their environment that has caused it. It's more about them learning a response to a certain stimulus. And now they're just repeating it again and again. Either way, it comes down to the person's education and being aware of what's going on in their life. How do they fix it? Are they happy? And then starting to wake up these triggers to be, hey, am I happy or am I just content? Because there's a very big difference between the two where people call me, or I should say I call them prospective clients. And I go through like, yeah, here's what you're going to get from the program, like workouts, nutrition and mindset and da, 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 da. It's not until I've spent about 30, 40 minutes on the phone with someone of saying like 30 seconds, here's what you're going to get. And then me switching it immediately into a question of, so why do you want this? It's not until 40 minutes into that phone call, typically does someone say, I just want to feel better. Mm. Otherwise, they have been conditioned, particularly because of social media, go to a 45-minute session, absolutely sweat your balls off. Um, pretty easy if you're a female. Um, <laughs> go to do these all sweaty <laughs> sessions, lift as heavy as possible, and just destroy yourself in 45 minutes. And then, boom, here's a before and after of a person of like, oh, my God, they've lost like 11 kilos in eight weeks. That's insane. How do I do that? So then after time, we've been conditioned to be like, hey, if I want to lose weight, this is what I do. But it's so far from the truth. And that is where I find that I need to be in the market in terms of not even just the market, but be in people's faces about, hey, there's better ways to do this. You don't need to spend 45 minutes in a gym. I've got some clients that don't even work out. Like it's not ideal. But I've got clients that are focusing on nutrition. I had a lady sign up like a year and a half ago, 18 months or whatever. And she signed up, got everything in the program, didn't do any of it ex except speak to me every week. And that's when I was like, okay, talking and actually discovering what is the root cause of this and how do we do that? How do we correct it? That's the big seller of the program. That's how I'm going to change people's lives. And even though I already knew about all this mental health stuff, I was like, if you're not working out and you're not doing your nutrition, well, then you're not going to change. But at the end of the day, you can change just by fucking talking to people. That's the power of words that we have and actually having someone as experienced as myself or as I'm not a psychologist, but someone like a psychologist or just someone that's been through the shit to be there with you and guide you out of rock bottom, having that person in your back pocket to be like, hey, how are you doing today? What's going on? What did you struggle with yesterday? How can we get you out of it? And then coming up with strategies to get you out of that state. Mm. So doing all that, I completely forgot the point of the question, to be very honest with you. But 
Yeah, it was, it was around, I think you kind of identified the main reason why people allow themselves to get into the state of being overweight or being unhappy or, or suffering. And I think really, like if, if we simplify your answer, then there was a lot of amazing nuggets of information in there, but it's, it's, it's not necessarily like uh, this need to lose weight or this need to look a certain way. I think people are doing it because they're just after joy. And unfortunately, when we don't understand that all we're after really is some sort of joy or some sort of purpose or some sort of happiness, we just fall into this continuous cycle of trying to get instant gratification. And quite often, instant gratification comes in the form of a donut or comes in the form of getting absolutely smashed or, you know, doing a bunch of rack and, you know, having a bunch of like meaningless sex over and over and over again. And it only leaves us feeling sadder afterwards, you know, like we get this little, this little boost of joy, but then we still feel the same way afterwards. And then we just fall into this trap of repeating these habits over and over and over again. I'm assuming this is why yeah. a lot of people allow without understanding why they're allowing themselves to get overweight. And I guess what you're saying is like the, the answer to that is to get deeper and to understand exactly what it is that you're looking for and then understand exactly why you're going to certain uh, mechanisms or vehicles to get what it is you're truly searching for uh, and then change mm. those triggers and train, change those habits so that instead of going for the donut, you know, you're going for the walk in the morning or instead of going for the cigarette, you know, you're going for scrambled eggs in the morning. I don't, I don't know. That's probably a bad example, but <laughs> just changing, like changing once you understand, like once you really know what's going on in the root cause, which is what you do with, with your business then everything else doesn't sort itself out but at least you know what actions you need to take and then it's up to you as an individual to take those actions right and that's where you yeah. come in and go yo you taking the actions <laughs> like what you doing pretty much yeah as soon as you know your learned responses and your triggers work on them everything else comes pretty much effortlessly it's like planning out a calendar you just follow your calendar you'll be sweet. You'll get stuff done in the day. Same as everything. It's essentially just what my business is. Yeah. 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 Nice. So I guess, yeah, I guess the main takeaway for people there is like, you know, if you are sitting there and you're feeling uh, unhappy with your situation or you feel like there's something missing in your life, or maybe you're overweight or you just feel tired all the time. First of all, um, you know, click on Travis's link. That's going to be in the description below because he's probably going to get you there quicker than this conversation could. But the second thing is like focus on just understanding what the hell's going on in your head. Like, why are you doing all this stuff? Until you understand why, you're just going to keep repeating the same thing over and over and over again. Because essentially, your personal your personality is your personal reality, right? And if you stay in the same reality, your personality is not going to change, and there's not going to be any outcomes that you desire, right? Like it's it's that simple. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. The thing that's um just to pile on top of that as well. The thing that a lot of people don't realize is that their beliefs and their habits and their behaviors are more than likely not theirs or not mm. their own. Because we have to think about the teachers that we've had, not just like in school, uh, university, but like parents and friends and, you know, any other family member or whatever. And Instagram. They've pretty much, and Instagram and Facebook and everything else that you could take a piece of information from is you take that information, you internalize it, and then you turn 
it into a belief or you turn it into a behavior, which is why a lot of people see something on, to use Instagram or Facebook, they'll see something on social media and go, that must be the way to lose weight. For example, um, keto is very popular with a lot of people for quick, instantaneous fat loss. Keto was popular 100 years ago and it burnt out for the exact same reasons that it's going to burn out again in probably 10 months' time, six months' time. It just repeats itself. And that's exactly what people do with themselves. They just take these beliefs that they think are their own. But for a lot of my clients, if I ask them, okay, why do you believe that? I don't know. I just, mum always did it. It's like, okay, cool. There's no reason behind what you're doing doing, other than the fact that someone who, no offense, didn't know what they were talking about, said to do. So now you're doing that. And they go, oh, shit. So as soon as you're aware of what your beliefs are and if you're willing to change them, your life is just going to 10x, 100x. It's just going to go wherever you want it to go by accepting what your limitations are and working on them. Mm. If they're not yours, fantastic. We get rid of them, put new ones in. So it's just believing in yourself and, you know, how you let people get to that point is, sorry, how people get themselves into that situation is just by believing what everyone else in their external world has told them. Mm. And again, coming back into the business side of things or just a human nature thing, you need to be more comfortable in who you are, like who you are internally, your beliefs, habits, and just learned responses that you repeat over and over and over again. That's how you change shit. That's how you get a better life. Yeah. Yeah. It really is that simple. And a lot of the times I think the reason why something so simple is so difficult is because like, I think a lot of people maybe who are listening to this right now, they're probably going to feel like this great high afterwards. And they're going to like, all right, sweet. Like I'm going to ask myself the questions. I'm going to find out exactly what it is I want. And then they're going to check their phone and something's going to pop up and they're going to forget everything. And they're going to totally yeah. forget what it is that they need to start doing in order to feel the certain way that they potentially want to feel. So this is where having some sort of accountability partner, and I guess this is essentially like, sounds like 90% of what your business is, is being that accountability partner for people and being that almost that soundboard that asks the questions and, be, you know, getting some clarity for these people as to what it is they actually want out of their lives. And then you have that 10% extra that you give, which is the tools, the practical things they can do to achieve whatever it is they want to do. So, you know, regardless of, of whether it's yourself that people reach out to or someone else having some sort of accountability partner or some sort of professional who, you know, knows what they're doing. Maybe it's a psychologist you need. Maybe it's just a friend that you need to say, Hey, can we just have a chat? Like, I just really want to figure myself out and I don't think I can do it by myself, but take the time to do that because <laughs> no one else yeah. is going to be able to take the time to do it for you because you know, like you said before, when you talk to 50 clients, one of them asked if you were okay. Like most people just simply will not ask the question. So take the reins yourself, reach out, you know, start the journey from that 57 seconds in the gym to wherever yep. it is you want to go. <laughs> and that's obviously yeah, as long as you start, that's the biggest thing. People think like they try and pick an end point of a journey. And like the, the key example is, when a lot of females sign up, they go, cool, I want to, I want to start doing, you know, X, Y, Z and bettering my life and doing whatever. But I don't want to get too bulky. Like, I don't want to put on muscle. And 
to be, I have, I have two ends of the spectrum. One is like empathetic soft love and the other is just hardcore tough love. Mm. To be hardcore tough love about it, you don't even look like you go to the gym at the moment. So why don't we take that first step, get into the gym and start doing the basics correctly. Then we can worry about being too bulky. Mm. And the complete other end of that to be empathetic is you don't want to get too bulky, but that's okay because being bulky won't matter as long as you eat like a bodybuilder. The reason bodybuilders look like bodybuilders is because they ate half the goddamn farm before lunch. Mm. So nutrition will dictate where you go as long as you just start. And it doesn't matter if it's uncomfortable. It doesn't matter if it's whatever. If you just start, you will automatically eliminate all those anxious thoughts that are in everybody's head of what if I go there and don't know what I'm doing? Who cares? What if you go there and you don't know what you're doing? Well, guess what? There's more than likely staff members around that you can just ask. Or yeah. in a lot of gyms, people are there doing the exact same thing you're doing, working on yourself. Mm. They're more than likely going to see someone struggling and just be like, hey, do you mind if I give you a suggestion about that? And you're going to learn something. So just start. Just take the leap. Do what I did. I mean, my, my advice is biased because it works for me and I suppose all my clients. But just take the leap, just mm. start, worry about the end goal later, worry mm. about everything else that's going in your head later, because mm. I can guarantee you'll remove about 10,968 of the thoughts going through your head. If you just start and you go, oh, holy shit, this is actually not what I expected at all. And then you'll have other questions based on experience instead of imagination. Mm. But a lot of people just don't have that, like I need to start or just I'm going to start. It's the only way you release or the only way you get rid of self-doubt and those anxious thoughts is just by doing. Yeah. So you can get rid of self-doubt by just starting. Yeah. And that's, that is the hardest part to try and get across to people. And I get worked up about it because anybody that's like, if they watch this on camera to see my arms flailing everywhere. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, but, so yeah, that's important. the hardest part. It's so important. Just make a start. If you're listening to this podcast and you're going to take one thing out of this, when you stop listening to it, don't check your bloody phone and get distracted. Make a start. Make a start. And like the other thing is like, and what I get out of this, and I think you're going to agree with me, is like, like you say, don't worry about the end goal. Worry about like how it's going to make you feel. Like if if feeling good is what you're after, which like 90% of the time, that's what people want, right? Like I, I haven't actually met someone who's like, I want to feel bad today. You know, people want to feel good, <laughs> right? Like, so if it's feeling good, like, all right. Will going to the gym and working on myself make me feel good? Will eating healthy make me feel good? Will waking up when I say I'm going to wake up feel good? Will making a start make me feel good? Yeah, it probably is. So like, <laughs> yeah, I don't want to swear because I've stopped swearing for a while, but freaking start, all right? Like make a start. Maybe you can say the F word, F and start. Okay? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I think I think this yeah. has been this has been fantastic. I do have one more question for you before we move into the four and one, which is I ask four sure. questions, you get one. Um, and I want you to answer this, I don't know, maybe a paragraph or less. And I think I already know the answer, but what are your thoughts on dieting in general? Uh, dieting I suppose for me to answer that question, I have to sort of reword it in my own head because my thoughts on dieting are everybody has a different perspective of what dieting is and 
dieting for a lot of people means extremely low calories. But diet, I can't pronounce it in the actual Greek, but diet comes from the root word uh, dieta. I hope I'm saying that right for any Greek listeners out there. But essentially, it means way of life. And that's how we got the word diet. Mm. So for me, dieting is a way of life because I'm looking after what goes in my body because that way I know exactly what I'm going to get out of my body. But for 90% of the population, their perspective of dieting is extremely low calories to lose weight. And that is so far from what it actually is. Dieting from my perspective and for a lot of my clients' perspective is enjoying life. It's a way of life. It's what you do. It's your philosophy. It's who you are. It's what you identify as. And for all of my clients, the end goal, whether it's 12 weeks like the normal program or people go on with continued coaching, and like I've got a client who's been with me for two and a half years since I started the Fitness Genie. She's on 2,000 calories a day which is pretty damn high for a female. But she's done all the work previous. She's still tracking everything. She went from like 90-something kilos, and we're now maintaining at 67. And she did a 100-kilo hip thrust last week. Mm. So dieting from her perspective, hell yeah, do it. It's not dieting. It's just a way of life. So by rephrasing it that way, a lot of questions don't really have a definite answer because it's being questioned or it's being asked to someone that has a certain perspective of it. So when you ask me what's dieting, I just go, yeah, it's awesome because it's just how I live. Mm. But for someone else, it could be, oh, it's the worst thing in the world because last time I did it, I was tired, I was lethargic, I was doing this, I was doing that. I don't think I have, it 100% depends on the person as well, but I don't think I've ever had a client under... 1400 calories actually no i lied just then i lied i've got one client that went to 1370 i think about two months ago and then immediately came back up to like 1500 Mm. just to purely see what was going on if we changed her macro profile other than that you need a lot more calories than what is out there at the moment or what is perceived to be healthy you're not going to build the booty of your dreams with a fucking salad i guarantee you that (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's a great way to end the bulk of the podcast, bro. I've learned so much, honestly, in this podcast. I'm, I'm really glad, glad that we've had this other chat. And I guess from a selfish perspective, the, the thing I love about podcasts is, you know, like this is only our second conversation. And I know there's going to be more in the future. And it's like you're getting to build these deeper relationships through these kind of conversations. And uh, to put the icing on the cake is whoever's listening to this right now, is they're going to get a bunch of nuggets of wisdom so that they can give themselves their own wings and roots and they can take their own power back and, you know, maybe figure out a little bit more about what the hell they actually want to do with their lives. So thank you, bro. This has been incredible. Um, Before I get your details so that people can reach out to you if they're interested or maybe follow your journey, maybe send you a message, get a little bit more information. I'm going to do the four in one. So you and I talked about this when we first called up. Basically, I'll ask you four questions, quick fire, as quick fire as you can make them. And then you get one question for me. I'm terrible at quick fire. Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's why I said it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yes or no. It's like, well, you're really asking 12 questions there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, bro. Let's go number one. So if you had to pick, okay, we know your thoughts on like diet. It's a way of life for you. 
let's say diet in the modern context which is like you know keto carnivore vegan whatever the hell the diet is if you had to pick one for the rest of your life like there was no ifs or buts what would it be see (laughs) see i want to say balanced diet yeah because that's a diet so i want to do balanced diet but if i had to 100 pick fuck mediterranean (laughs) yeah yeah sweet okay cool and just for listeners out there obviously like the idea on dieting is don't maybe just don't do modern versions of diets just like travis said it's a way of life you know like don't restrict yourself and make yourself unhappy because you want to have that kim kardashian booty you know it's just yeah just you're not going to feel that great if that's what you're looking for your diet has a name in it it's not worth it (laughs) yeah yeah okay cool uh next one your biggest success story so this is a client biggest client success story yeah uh it would be Della, mm-hmm. uh, the girl I was literally just speaking of, lost 30 kilos, uh, has now overcome the mindset towards intentionally putting on weight and building strength. Um, yeah, for a lot of people, it's losing the weight and then intentionally putting it back on. So mm-hmm. I'm super goddamn happy, Della, if you're listening. I'm super goddamn proud of you. Awesome work. Keep it up. Keep making me look good. Well done, Della. <laughs> Well done. That's amazing. Uh, okay, next one for you, bro. Where do you see yourself and the business more so uh, in five years? So kind of a two-part question, yourself and the business. Uh, business? Most likely half a million dollars a year, international retreats focused on mindset and mental health, clients across the globe, and just dominating Australia as the home soil. Awesome. Um, As for myself, how old am I again? 26. Um, (laughs) I was like, you need like tattoos on your palm or something, eh? And then change it. I'm this many. So for myself, homeowner, most likely starting a family and hopefully one of Australia's more renowned, not most renowned, but more renowned health coaches. Awesome, bro. Well done. I'm, I've got no doubt in my mind that you'll get there. So keep crushing. Me too. One foot in front of the <laughs> other, bro. Uh, okay, last one for you, and then you get one for me. Aliens, extraterrestrials, believer or non-believer? Yeah, believer, for sure. Yeah. yeah it's, Universe it's is way too big for us to be alone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cool, bro. Awesome. So you get a question for me and then uh, we'll get your details out there so people can find you. Still have to be rapid fire. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> uh, honestly, I tried to think of heaps of questions for you and the question I was going to ask was, what is your purpose? Actually, I suppose, what makes you happy? That's an interesting question because my my idea on happiness is I don't think it's happiness that a lot of people are after. I think happiness is a byproduct of having some sort of purpose in your life or living to your nature, right? So very philosophical, I know, but that's my view on happiness. Happiness is a byproduct of being you, being your 
tiny little infinite speck of consciousness in this gigantic universe and and being that the closest you possibly can be um, and i think a lot of people uh end up falling into this trap of i guess the hedonic treadmill where they're chasing these like moments of fleeting happiness because they get further and further away from who it is they actually are and i see this all the time when i go out with friends and i know them when i'm individually having a conversation with them and then i see them interacting with other people and they're just not that person and it, it blows my mind because I can see that that's a fake version of themselves and that the, the happiness they're showing is a fake version of happiness because in my eyes, happiness is a result, uh, an outcome of just being yourself, like being exactly who you are. And I mean, I've been through that before and every now and again, I have to remind myself not to be a person that I think other people want me to be and to just be myself and whoever doesn't like that will piss off. Like that's you, that's your choice. I'm fine with that. Like, so I think what makes me happy it's being me bro like being doing what i'm doing like i guess i can tie in my purpose now is to give people wings and roots i freaking love bringing smiles to people's faces i get a kick out of podcasting i love writing i love having deep conversations more than surface level uh i love looking after myself i love love you know like i am me and that is the result of that is happiness and when i find myself not being me i don't feel that outcome of happiness and i go well it's probably because i'm not living by my nature it's that simple love that cool. that's awesome man you just being you makes you happy yeah, exactly because it's a result <laughs> of just being in your nature you know that's where like uh, like we we're talking about before you know a lot of people like you get stuck on like this thing and i'm holding up my phone for anyone who's listening and you get trapped in these thoughts and ideas of who you should be based upon and let me see if i can remember the quote you know like we're not who we think we are. We are who we think they think we are. Yeah. We are who basically what, what we're trying to be or who we think we are is a version of what we think others perceive of us. But in reality, guess what? People actually don't perceive that of you most likely. And they, do, they really don't care. Like they really don't care. People, like you said before, you know, 50 people, clients that you got rid of, one asked, are you okay? People just don't give a poo. Sorry, I can't swear. So yeah. That's why it sounds so weird. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine, man. It's yeah. that simple. And it's like you were saying before, like no one's going to take the action for you. No one's going to start getting your own bloody happiness. Like no one's going to say, hey, Travis, you're not living by your nature right now. You should do that. You know, you should be happy. Yep. No, you're <laughs> going to do that. Like you're the one in charge of your life. So be you. And if it means throwing your phone off a freaking balcony to get rid of all this external poop in your life, God, it's so weird. Not swearing, but like, do it, you know, like get rid of it. You're not going to be happy if you're not you. It's that simple. Yeah. Say anyway. to every single person that signs up, life is simple, but it's not easy. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, that's a good one. Just do something. Just do something. Just do you. As lame yeah, as that quote do is. Something. Just do anything that makes you happy. Because at the end of the day, none of it really matters. Take it from someone that's been through, I don't even know how many years of psychiatry. Nothing really matters. Just do what makes you happy. And if at the end of the day, people don't like it, well, that's poo. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, bro. Thanks for the support. No worries, man. How weird is it? Oh, it's, it's, it's shit. Yeah. <laughs> 
Hi, brother. Uh, let's uh, let's finish up with a little bit of an outro. So anyone who wants to, I guess, follow your journey, maybe get motivated by you, maybe actually send you a message and reach out and get involved with what it is you do, where's the best places to find you and follow you? Uh, to find and follow Facebook or Instagram at or slash the fitness genie, all one word. Um, that's probably going to be the best place the best place where you can see client results, what I'm about, just random stories from me just behind the scenes and all that stuff. I'm not too professional with it all. As long as I'm making people smile, that's all that matters. And getting them results, of course, because otherwise they get their money back. But apart from that, <laughs> um, Facebook, Instagram. Otherwise, email me at contact at thefitnessgenie.com.au. And yeah. Oh, and I'll forget that I've got a website www.thefitnessgenie.com.au Always awesome, forget man. about that. <laughs> awesome. And for anyone uh, listening in at the moment, you can find all those in the show notes below. Uh, Travis, it's been amazing, bro. Thank you for joining me. Uh, it's been a real pleasure and have an amazing day. Thank you, man. Thanks for having me. It's been amazing. Hello again, friend. Thanks for listening to the entirety of that episode. I truly appreciate you tuning in. Uh, if you haven't already, please subscribe on whatever platform you're using. And if you're using Apple Podcasts, huge favor to ask you. Can you please leave a five-star rating, leave a comment, leave a review, and be sure to share this with anyone in your life that you think it'll impact positively. Uh, each and every rating and, that, and review that we get on Apple Podcasts helps beat the algorithm and get the podcast out to more people. And I think these conversations are worth sharing. So thanks once again, and we'll see you in the next episode of Couple of Lattes. <laughs>